Yo, sometimes life calls for a change. Not fake, just different. It'll show you a different way. And right now, I'm on to my different way. I can promise you this is the same span, but the reporting is over. I'd like to welcome you to the Mrs. Span Official Podcast. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Mr. Span Official Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Span. This is episode number 29 of the show. And uh, yo, man, tonight is actually kind of a pretty special night here, man, here at the, at the Span Report Podcast Network, at the Mr. Span Official Podcast, the whole shit, right? It's kind of a special night. And the reason why tonight is a special night is tonight is the actual anniversary of the very first episode of the Mr. Span Official Podcast, man. Yeah, man, this is our one-year anniversary of Mr. Span Official, but also, but also, it's not just that. It's not just that. This is also the 13th year anniversary of the uh, the creation of the Mr. Span uh, not not the Mrs. Span, <laughs> but the Span Report podcast. I recorded my very first episode of the Span Report podcast 13 years ago uh, tomorrow. So tomorrow would have been the birthday for the Span Report podcast, right? And so because the Span Report podcast network is still a thing, yo, we celebrating that anniversary too. So 13 years on the podcast circuit, brother. And sister... And uh, thank you to everybody who supported, uh, you know, not just the Spare Report podcast, but like the Baywatch podcast when we were doing that, the Beer and Chicken podcast, which we're in, we're in the process of bringing that back, and we're trying to revamp that, and we're bringing some more people, some more voices uh, to you guys, man, some real, like, make it real fun, man, real talk. And, uh, yo, shout out to Cook, you know, who's been trusting me and the network with, like, you know, helping bringing forth her voice and everything else, man. So, like, real talk, I want to thank everybody who has supported what we do here at the Spare Report Podcast Network, but also who have been supportive of the efforts that I've been putting forth with this Mr. Span official podcast, right? And so, um, yeah, man, this uh, it's, it's kind of crazy, the fact that, like, I, I got the notification about, uh, like, the Spare Report podcast and the birthday of that coming up, and I was like, yo, that's kind of, you know, that's 13 years. You know, not a lot of people last 13 years doing much of anything. So the fact that we're still doing this podcasting thing, 13 years later just kind of speaks to uh, the fact that this is something that I do love doing. And I wish I can get to this microphone a hell of a lot more than I do. But, uh, yo, man, like I said, life sometimes gets in the way. But when I can get here, trust and believe my ass is on this mic and I'm going to talk my truth. I'm going to talk talk my shit. And I hope that, you know, you guys are a part of the conversation, that you guys keep me correct, that you guys not only keep me correct, but keep me, uh, like, you know, keep me in check. You know what I'm saying? Like, keep me in check. It's not so much about, you know, me getting on here just talking my shit. Like, no, sometimes, man, somebody's going to meet you with, a, with an opposing opinion. And the only time I really um, 
The only thing I, I really require for that is like, yo, man, just be respectful when you do it, right? But if you're going to come over here and meet me with the disrespect, then trust and believe you're going to be met with the disrespect. And I'm just going to be laughing at you later. Like, <laughs> niggas. You know? So, uh, yeah, man, like, real talk. Thank you to everybody who's contributed, uh, who's been a guest here, um, and, like, uh, like, really been a part of this whole thing as far as being the Spare Report Podcast, the Spare Report Podcast Network, the Mrs. Beneficial Joint. Like, I appreciate everybody with that. And also, I would be remiss, man. I would be remiss, um, despite the fact that me and this dude no longer rock with each other no more, right? Despite the fact that we don't get along or we I haven't talked to this man in years at this point. But I do want to at least acknowledge uh, Mr. Gates, the dark hater, for uh, giving me something I love. By even putting the bug in my ear to, to, to do something like podcasting and... Um, and here, like I said, 13 years later, I'm still doing it. Uh, like, despite the fact that me and this dude no longer associate with each other whatsoever, I will not take away from him the fact that, like, it was because of him that you listen and hear my voice on this microphone and on these airways and on your phones and in your cars and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that, right? So, yeah, man, this is a celebration in that sense. And because we're doing – because this is sort of a celebration in that sense, I'm going to do something – uh, for you guys, man, I know a lot of you guys came to know me from as Mr. Span from the Span Report podcast. So what we're going to do here is we're going to do this show in the way in which we used to do the Span Report, man. So we're going to do some segments today, man. We're doing the segments. <laughs> yeah, we're going we gonna to get the segments popping and whatnot, man. Um, yeah, we're going to do that. Like, I... I it's weird man like i said like this whole 13 year thing uh like if you're listening to the way that this show sounds now it's a hell of a lot different than the way that this show used to happen back when i first started podcasting man like i remember i started podcasting with a laptop computer and audacity which was recording software and then there was this other uh, program that I was using as a teleprompter because I used to read a teleprompter while I was recording and then audacity would crash on me. And then like, I'd have to record that segment over and the whole shit. I used to play songs like the whole songs, like, well, not, maybe not the whole song, but I did used to like try to make the music kind of coincide, excuse me, kind of coincide with, uh, what it was I was talking about. So it would take me all day. It would take me all day to produce a one hour podcast, man. And, you know, there weren't all of these tools and shit now. Like I like I said, I had that, that that laptop computer and I had a call center headset. That was my microphone, the call center headset and shit. And so uh, now, man, like there are so many different tools, man. You go to Best Buy, there's sections in Best Buy where you can go pick up podcasting equipment, uh, you know, streaming equipment, uh, like, you know, even this mixer and shit, man. Like this just kind of makes it easy for you to like kind of, you know, produce the shit. I actually kind of wished, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, maybe, maybe it's the old head nigga in me maybe it's the old head podcaster in me where i'm just like yeah man i i, I kind of wish it was harder for you motherfuckers to make podcasts now because there's way too many you motherfuckers saturate shit and y'all talk about the same shit all the time man it just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah man but <laughs> no nah, man but real talk man uh the like the growth of podcasting is it's been amazing over the, and to witness it and, and and how people are consuming it and like the like the evolution of it with the video and stuff like that uh like i don't i couldn't even imagine doing the show the way that i used to do it years ago like i i like part of my process now is is doing this show live uh if i couldn't do this show live i mean 
it would just have a different to me it would have a different vibe man it just really would so uh yeah man uh enough of that enough of that we got some shit to talk about here man we got some shit to talk about and before we get into all of the show and the segments and everything else man what we gonna do what we gonna do is uh i got some random thoughts all right. I haven't done a, a, a bunch of random thoughts lately, but I got a few random thoughts, man. Some things that are kind of come across uh, my mind as of late. And um, my first random thought is actually a repeat. You know what I'm saying? It's actually a repeat. And I'm going to reiterate this for all of my people who are listening to me in the Detroit area. And if you're guilty of this in any other area, too, I need you to stop that shit. I need you to stop this shit right now. OK, we too grown for this. I said I said I said we too grown for this. All right. And I'm going to repeat myself one more time. One more time for the last time. Listen here, man. When y'all going into these soul food restaurants, please, 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 please stop calling pot roast roast beef, man. Y'all killing me, Smalls. Y'all killing me out here with this shit, man. Y'all got to stop doing that, man. Roast beef and pot roast are not the same. I know they come from the same animal. It might even come from the same part of the animal, right? But roast beef and pot roast ain't the same thing, okay? When you get roast beef, that's a sandwich. They even cut that shit different. They cut it thin. They cook it different, right? You put that bitch on a sandwich, right? They put it on an onion roll or a sesame seed, but I don't know what it is because I don't even, like, I don't even go to Arby's like that. I've had Arby's one time, and I was not impressed, okay? So, yeah, like... But when it comes to pot roast, nigga, when it comes to pot roast, oh, man, them juices, nigga, like the way it pulls off of the motherfucking, like it just pulls off real because it's tender. You know what I'm saying? And you put that shit with some, a little bit of like the broth and the, and, and, and the rice. And, you know, I like I like me personally. I like my my, my pot roast with some with some cabbage. You know what I'm saying? Because I like cabbage, man. Keep it nigga regular. You know what I'm saying? You know, because you, your boy getting a little older, you got to stay regular. So I get a little cabbage, you know what I'm saying? And plus, my doctor, my doctor told me I need to lay off the red meat quite a bit. So every now and again, I might just treat myself to the pot roast. You know what I'm saying? With the cabbage, like I said, to keep me regular. And some rice, man. Put a little gravy on, put a little, put a little broth on. Mmm, let me feed. You know what I'm saying? But every time I go into this little spot, man, I'm hearing y'all call this shit roast beef. And it's fucking with your boy. You know what I'm saying? It's fucking with me. I, I, I be looking like, am I the only nigga here that knows this shit is called pot roast, nigga? Why y'all keep coming in here asking for sandwiches? They ain't got no sandwiches. So I'm going to need y'all to stop that. Please and thank you, management. All right? That's a repeat. But damn it. Y'all keep doing it. I need y'all to stop. All right? It's one of, it's a, oh, shit. I'm going to need to uh, cut this one off. Let me do this here because they're going to be in here talking like a motherfucker. I know it. So let me go ahead and sign out of this shit right now. Um, let me do this here. Let me mute this. Can I mute this? Um, let's see. Notifications and sounds. I don't need no desktop notifications and I don't need no. There we go. There we go. All right. All right. Because Telegram, that should be going heavy. All right. But we got rid of that now. Okay. Now. My second random thought, man, and this is something that I was thinking about only because, man, like there's this uh, there, there, there's been this craze happening all across the country, man. And I am uh, I'm just wondering, you know, at first I was asking people to kind of explain the, the hype to me on this. 
And uh, it has to do with Stanley Cups, man. The Stanley Cups. Uh, at first, I didn't understand what the hype was around the Stanley Cups because, you know, I'm, you know, I, I work in construction, and, um, you know, every now and again, you might see a cat out there. He's got like a Yeti. You know what I'm saying? There's a bunch of guy, guys out there that we walk around with Yetis. You know, so they're trying to keep their their coffee warm. Some of the guys trying to keep their water cold. You know that sort of thing. And it's supposed to last, you know, quite a few hours. You know, because of course, over the course of the day, you might want to come back to your drink or whatever, which is all fine and good. But like, yo, the Yeti cups have like, I mean, I'm sorry, not the Yeti, but the Stanley Cups, nigga. First, when they said the Stanley Cups, I'm thinking hockey, my nigga. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, man, you so y'all, 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 y'all didn't got into hockey now? You know what I'm saying? Like. Everybody Everybody in hockey, they're like, no, 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 it's totally different thing, totally different thing. And then I asked my daughter, I said, you know, I asked my daughter, like, did she want one? And she said, yeah, but every time she goes to get a, a, a Stanley Cup, they always sold out. And I asked her, I said, well, you know, have you always wanted a Stanley Cup? And she said, no, you know, it's just like I see them now and I, I just kind of want one. And I asked her, so why do you want one? And she said, well, I saw this video of like you know this lady she had a stanley cup and her car caught on fire and like the cup was still good but the car was like trashed and i'm like oh okay that's that's what's up that's what's up hmm. and something in me you know i'm not the biggest conspiracy theorist in the world but something made me think that uh what if what if the stanley cup company were the ones who set that lady's car on fire Oh yeah, there's powerful niggardry at work here. What if that was the case, right? And then like, I saw the part where the CEO and Stanley Cup people, like they, they decided they was going to replace that lady's car. They bought her a brand new car. You know what I'm saying? Like that was genius fucking marketing, bro. Genius marketing. So now you got eight-year-old girls, like eight-year-old baby girls crying. Because they got Stanley Cups for Christmas. Now, shout out to that baby girl, right? Because I'm sure this is something that she wanted, and she was, like, happy. She got what she wanted for Christmas, and I am all about the joy of the babies for Christmas, man. Real talk. But in what world does an 8-year-old, mostly, <laughs> in what world is an 8-year-old that excited about getting a cup, a cup for Christmas, man? That baby was happy as shit, man. And I, I'm like I said, I'm all about joy to the world for the babies. You know what I'm saying? I hate I hate to see a baby cry. Man. I hate to see kids unhappy. So I was happy for her. But I'm like, man, marketing is a motherfucker. They set that lady's car on fire. Now they got eight-year-old girls crying happy tears for their cups on Christmas. Yeah. But the conspiracy theorist in me is like, yo, what if they set that lady's car on fire? Something to think about, man. Something to think about, right? Now, another uh, random thought that I had. Um, of course, you guys know uh, your man Span uh, likes guns, right? You know, I shoot guns quite regularly. I carry guns quite regularly. Um, it's, you know, it's something that I'm into, right? And every now and again, you know, I might look into, you know, the purchase of a new firearm. So I'll go on YouTube and I'll be looking at, you know, I'll, I'll look up various, you know, different reviewers of that particular firearm before I decide if I want to go make a purchase. I'll go to the range and I'll like rent one out and then I'll shoot it at the range to decide if this is something that I would want to purchase, you know, going forward. Right. But there's this one. There's this one YouTube gun reviewer, man. Uh, a woman by the name of uh, Yoki Stirrup. And uh, 
for the niggas that know. <laughs> but the ones that know, no, right? The ones that know, no. But I will say this, man. I will say this. I have never, ever, ever, ever saw a Yoki Stir video and uh, felt as though I knew more about that gun than it was before, like, I saw the video, right? And I think Yoki Stirrup knows this, and I think <laughs> the vast majority of the niggas that watch Yoki Stirrup know this because they know she know why we came. She know why we came. Now, I'm not going to post any Yoki Stirrup videos here in the, in the, in the What's the Name or nothing like that. I'm going to need you guys to go ahead and, like, kind of pull up a Yoki Stirrup video on your own, and then you'll see exactly what I'm talking about, man. Yoki Stirrup is a gun reviewer. And she's fine as shit. <laughs> she fine as shit. And she knows she fine as shit. But I, I, I'll be lying to y'all if I felt like I, I, I watched those videos knowing exactly what the, that, like if, if that gun was capable of doing some special shit, I wouldn't know because I was too busy watching the jiggle, my nigga. Too busy watching the jiggle. And y'all, 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 y'all get it when y'all see what I'm talking about later. But yeah, <laughs> that was a random thought, man. And she just kind of came down my recommended videos and like, oh, there we go. So get that going on. Um, and lastly, man, uh, what was this? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to the people who got like the video doorbells and shit, but never answered them motherfuckers. Like, I, 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 I hate y'all. I really do. I'll be trying to get some work done and like, you know, people be knowing that we coming and still don't answer the fucking ring doorbell or the Google doorbell and or, or the nest doorbell or any of them shits y'all got them and i wonder if y'all just got them for like yo i mean like i get i guess it's for the security part i get that part but when we ring the doorbell clearly we want something right clearly you know why we come and we not like i'm not it's not like i'm selling you shit i'm not even a salesman you see me with a hard hat on i got on like this bright yellow shirt make me look like a walking highlighter my nigga like, like yo they never answer the doorbell right and here's the rub like i ring the doorbell nobody says anything and i know sometimes these doorbells be having like uh late connections like the you know the wi-fi might be slow or something like that but i'm sure your phone rang when somebody rang that damn doorbell you know somebody at your house and niggas don't be answering the damn door you don't even answer the doorbell even if you skirt right even if you skirt talk to me through the doorbell i'm gonna listen because i gotta get shit done today so i'm gonna need you if you got a video doorbell please by all means answer that shit so we can get our work done I feel all the delivery people, all the construction people, all the utility people will thank you later. I swear they will. They will. But those have been my random thoughts, man. I haven't done random thoughts in a while. We might get back to doing some of those. But like I said, we about to get back to how we used to do stuff for this particular uh, occasion in this episode, because it's an anniversary and we're going back to how we used to do things. So, we about to hop into the news, y'all. All right. Our first story up here in the news has to deal with uh, Joe Biden. And Joe Biden wants his goddamn credit y'all joe biden is tired of y'all not giving him credit for the shit he out here doing as president and as part of uh the launching of his re-election campaign uh he wants people to know that yo those student loans that y'all been getting forgiven it's because of him y'all 
right. he wants his motherfucking credit and he'd be goddamn if y'all don't give it to him. So we get this story here. This comes out of usatoday.com. It says that thousands of student loan borrowers recently found themselves on the receiving end of a one-of-a-kind email. A message from President Biden, it said, congratulations, your student loan has been forgiven because of the actions of my administration took to make sure you receive the relief you earned and deserve. The email was sent out to over, sent out, sent to go out to more than 800,000 Americans who had their debt canceled by the Education Department in August, more than a year after a nonpartisan watchdog found that errors and administrative failures resulted in miscalculations of how long the borrowers had been in repayment. But the email wasn't just a celebratory message for borrowers. It was a political reminder to potential voters, too. For too long, the student loan program failed to live up to its commitments, and millions like you uh, never got the relief they were owed because of errors and administrative failures, Biden wrote. I vowed to fix that, and I'm proud that my administration has delivered on that promise. The message shines a spotlight on the Biden White House resolve, at times controversial, to chipping away at America's student loan debt problem. The student debt issue has dissolved, had devolved in recent years into a nearly $2 trillion crisis that financially hobbles millions of Americans and their families. Biden's email was also a demonstration of a tactical political calculation from his campaign. His, his strategists are betting that repeatedly drawing focus to the president's attempts at broad student loan relief despite a blow from the supreme court this summer will eventually help him at the ballot box come november's presidential election and so i think we talked about this uh a few episodes ago where uh biden had been forgiving people student loans and uh not enough people were kind of acknowledging him for that and uh this kind of goes into uh the whole thing about perception Right. The whole thing about perception and the reason why I'm talking about perception is because a lot of times people perceive a thing to be true. And therefore, once they perceive the thing to be true, that's what it is. It's all about vibes for a lot of folks, despite how much the facts line up uh, one way or the other. And, you know, there's so many people who would say that, like, Biden did not fulfill a campaign promise to forgive student loans when ultimately what Biden had been advocating from the very jump was like, yo, he needs Congress to give like to come up with the law, come up with the law so that he can sign that motherfucker in the law so that after like, uh, after he's gone, nobody can come in with an executive, you know, an executive order and say, Hey, yeah, all that shit that, uh, that president Biden had done for you guys for student loans. Yeah. 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 Scratch all that. Uh, we, we doing shit differently. Y'all got to pay that money back. Right. And so he essentially was asking Congress, hey, Congress, get on your fucking job, come up with a law, send the bill up here so that I can I can sign it and it becomes a law. And, you know, now we taking care of everybody. But in the meantime, he's doing what he can from the position that he can uh, to forgive student loans. Right now, the other part about this is this um, is the fact that uh, you go back into the whole thing with COVID and some of the COVID relief checks that were going out. Um, you know, we talk about every now and again how, like, there are people who believe that Donald Trump should become president again because they got COVID relief checks uh, during the pandemic, right? I mean, you got, you know, rappers like Sexy Red coming out saying that uh, we need Trump back because he was giving folks that money. She didn't understand that that money was coming from the U.S. Congress. It wasn't coming from Donald Trump. But the one thing that Trump and his uh, his, his political apparatus did was they held those checks up and they, they held those checks up because they wanted Donald Trump's name on the checks. And that imprinted the idea in a lot of people's mind that the reason why they got that money was because of Donald Trump, not because the United States government 
the people who have the power of the purse, the Congress, who have the power of the purse, made it so that they can have they can get access to that money. They could have had it faster had it not been for Donald Trump. But Donald Trump made sure that his name was on those checks. And so people believe that the checks came to them simply because Donald Trump's name was on them. Right. And so I think right now uh, what we're seeing is because of how people are perceiving things, Joe Biden is like, all right, so, yeah, y'all got some student loan forgiveness, 800, at least 800,000 of y'all didn't got some student loan forgiveness because of my administration. I need to get out the message that this is why y'all got it. Y'all need to know it was because of me and my administration who was fighting for you guys to get that. Now, you look at the Republican Party, they, not, they didn't want you guys to have that. They're fighting against that, uh, 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 you know, tooth and nail. It's part of the reason why Congress hasn't done anything about it because of Republicans holding that up. So yeah, man, uh, Biden wants his goddamn credit. He's like, yo, man, I, I, I gave y'all some student loan forgiveness. Y'all need to give me credit for that student loan forgiveness. I'm gonna send these emails out so I ask to remind y'all it's cause of me. Big Joe did that for y'all. I went through that so y'all don't have to go through <laughs> that shit. But yeah, man, um, Joe Biden. He wants his goddamn credit, man. Real talk. Um, another story that we have here uh, in the news. Uh, where's my other news story here? Oh, here we go. So uh, there's a new Michigan law. There's a new Michigan law here where uh, what they're doing is they are automatically registering voters who are released from Michigan prisons or jails. They're, 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 reg they're registering them to vote upon their release. Yeah, man. So we get the story here. This comes out of NPR. All right. And the story goes like this. It says, uh, Malaysia, uh, Mal G was first incarcerated in a Michigan prison when he was about 17 years old. I came here as a youth, so I was never able to vote. G said after spending 36 years behind bars. G is expected to be released early next year, and he says he's excited to vote for the very first time in the state's presidential primary in February. So now getting out and having that opportunity is a great feeling, G said. One of the things that we need to do in here, do in here is to now start helping prisoners become aware of that particular bill. Michigan already allows people with felony convictions to regain their voting rights once they're out of prison. But now the state will go one step further and expand automatic registration to incarcerated people after their release. Democratic State Representative Penelope, uh, ooh, I don't want to butcher this, uh, Cernglu, uh, sponsored the bill that Governor Gretchen Whitmer recently signed into law and is part of a broader expansion of voter access state Democrats have enacted. Uh, Cernglu says the goal of her legislation is to improve access for what has historically been a disenfranchised population. Michigan actually has a really good rate of voter registration, but we wanted to increase that even more. And the incarcerated population is one of the populations that is least likely to be registered to vote. Uh, before this law, which takes effect in 2025, the Michigan Department of Corrections ha was already working with the Secretary of State to register incarcerated people to vote when they are released. The program is part of a larger initiative to help inmates get vital documents like birth certificates and state IDs. So the Department of State would pre-register folks that at times at that time and would update those records so they can vote department of corrections uh, spokesperson uh, Kyle Kaminsky said. So really what the legislation does is it codifies this practice to ensure that it'll continue long-term. And so uh, one of the reasons why I think this uh, is, is important to highlight this particular thing is that uh, for one, of course, this wasn't always the case here in Michigan. 
right? Wasn't always the case. Uh, I think people sometimes forget, despite the fact that Michigan is considered like a solidly blue state at the moment, that Donald Trump won Michigan in 2016, right? Like, yeah, you've got pockets, you know, that are like kind of Democratic strongholds like Detroit, uh, like Dearborn, like uh, Ann Arbor, uh, like Lansing, uh, Grand Rapids, not so much because they're, kind of, they're on the western side of the state. And they're like, you know, um, you know, most, like a lot of the state is really rural. So the further north, the further west you start getting away from the Detroit area, it's a lot more rural around that uh, around those areas of the state. And they lean more, you know, conservative. Right. So uh, one, a few of the things that happened here in Detroit, I mean, not just here in Detroit, but here in Michigan was the fact that like um, we've had uh for one, we got Gretchen Whitmer. She's a two-time gov- uh, you know, governor now. Uh, we've got uh, a, a Democratic attorney general. We've got a Democratic uh, secretary of state. Um, we also uh, have a Democratic-led legislature, right? Now, mind you, we haven't had the legislature, with the, the legislature along with the governor's seat in over 40 years, right? We hadn't had that until like as recently as the last midterm. Right. And this is what I mean when I talk about voter apathy and things like that. The reason why we are able to get uh, 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 more voters enfranchised is because we continue to vote despite the impediments being put in front of us. Right. So you juxtapose that. Well, what's going on in, in, in Florida? Right. A state where the governor is uh, uh, having people arrested people who were had been previously locked up who had been led to believe that after they have served their sentences that they would have an opportunity to go out in there and vote right and then you have the governor having these folks arrested telling them that they were being arrested for participating in the crime of voter fraud and then these people are telling them like no these 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 folks told me that I, I was good and I could go vote and what does that do but like try to scare these people from participating in the process going forward Right. Also, like their their legislatures are, you know, mostly Republican. So they are trying to disenfranchise people who would who have already been largely disenfranchised before. But they're trying to keep these people from the ballot going forward. Right. Despite the fact that like, yo, Florida voters, even though they're a Republican kind of leaning state. Florida voters said, hey, man, uh, we want to re-enfranchise those people who are being um, who are who are being. Uh, released from prison we want to re-enfranchise these folks and so the governor uh 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 DeSantis and their Florida legislature said oh yeah 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 they can vote yeah but they got to pay these they got to pay their restitution back they got to pay these fines back before we would allow them to uh re-enfranchise and be able to vote going forward and it's like yo that ain't nothing but a poll tax right so the idea like we gotta when I see people talking about how the politics or the their vote doesn't matter. Nah, man, it does matter. It matters a hell of a lot because Michigan, after 2016, could have went the other way. Could have went the other way. And what the voters here decided was like, yo, we're not going that way. And I hope going forward that more people being involved in the process, being enfranchised, and they take that, they they take their their um their responsibility. Uh, to the vote seriously i do hope sincerely uh that we continue with this going forward man but uh yeah it's really good to hear that these guys are gonna have on these guys and girls 
these, <laughs> these, 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 these men, these gentlemen and these ladies uh, who were formerly incarcerated come out and they actually do participate in the process and uh, help to move this country forward. But yeah, man, prisoners getting it automatically registered to vote on upon their release. That's good. That's a good thing. And that has been the news. And I know it's been a long time. It's been a long time. But y'all know what it is. What in blue blazes is going on out here? All right. Now, our first story here in Blue Blazes has to deal with one Reese Davis. All right. Now, Reese Davis, for those of you guys who are not familiar, he is a uh, college football. uh, He's a college football host. Right. So, like, you know, he's uh, one of the hosts for the show uh, College Game Day that airs on ESPN. And uh, these guys were uh, broadcasting before the Rose Bowl. And we're going to talk a little bit about that Rose Bowl here in a minute, too. But, uh, he, they, they, you know, these guys were uh, before the Rose Bowl. They were uh, they were talking about the game. They were talking about particular players in the game. Right. And um, <laughs> so they were talking about one player. His name is uh, Jalen. Um, what's my man's name? Uh, shit, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting the guy's name already, but he, he's the quarterback for the University of Alabama, right? And apparently Jalen wears, you know, an acronym that says LANK, right? It says LANK. And so what we're going to do here is we're going to show <laughs> Reese talking about LANK. <laughs> so let me pull this up so you guys can watch right along with me here. Let's do this here. Let me go ahead and uh, let's see if we're going to share that screen boom there we go bam pull that up all right let's see what reese davis has to say jalen milrow often wears his own branded apparel reading lank across the front it's an acronym that stands for let a naysayer know being told by his former offensive coordinator that Bill is not O'Brien. what i thought is that not what you thought boy let a naysayer know let a na- <laughs> So first things first, first things first, shout out to Pat McAfee for saying the fucking obvious, man. Because Pat McAfee was like, wait a minute. So does he said naysayer, like, wait, hold up. That ain't what the fuck I thought was, come, was about to happen. But Pat McAfee is the world, man. Pat McAfee is saying, hey, man, that is not what the fuck I thought was about to happen. But go ahead. Meanwhile, the look on Reese Davis' face is like, that's not what you thought? <laughs> Uh oh, come on, load up ESPN. They say or no? Of course. The professionals right in the middle of his Okay, yeah, that's all right. I, just I keep thought going. you almost yeah. lost me. That's all right. I just want his back. And they say or no? Let a they say or no? Of course. The professionals right in the middle of his That's all right. I just keep I going. You almost lost me. Yeah. Yeah. Up here, as you were, I just want you to know. I thought it was going down. I thought it was going down out here. Oh, sorry. 
Hey, look, real talk. Shout out to the brothers. Uh, was that Joey Galloway and Desmond Howard? Because they were fucking losing it. They were fucking losing it. They were like, hey, Joey Galloway, I thought it was going down. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Naysayer, what? <laughs> no, real talk. Like, Reese Davis, honestly, it looked like Reese Davis was shocked at their reaction. Like, so what else could it possibly be? Right? Now, here's the thing, right? And I probably I might put this up as a poll question uh, later on. I might put this up as a poll question. When you serve, because I'm sure this, you know, by the time you listen to this podcast, it probably isn't the first time you heard this. But when you saw this particular clip, when you heard this particular clip, do you think that Reese Davis came up with naysayer because he knew that he couldn't say nigga on air? Or do you think that Jalen Milrow told him let a naysayer know, and he honestly believed Jalen Milrow. Which one do y'all think it was? That he made that up to cover up for Jalen Milrow, or Jalen Milrow made that up to say to him, right? I'm going to put that as a poll. I think that might be the poll for tonight. But, uh, yeah, let me finish this video right on out, though. Let a naysayer know. Let a naysayer know. naysayer know. That's what we thought the whole time. That's what we all thought. Mm. So, yeah, man. Stop sharing that. But yeah, man. Reese Davis, completely oblivious, apparently, to the idea of letting a naysayer know, man. I think, you know, naysayer might be the whole thing going forward. I think you're gonna find a whole bunch of niggas saying naysayer in place of niggas. You know, you know what? That's gonna be a thing. That's gonna be a thing. You're gonna start seeing people that be like, yo, I don't like black, I don't like the fact that black people say nigga all the time, man. Like we 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 got we got you know, we got other words that we can use, man. Y'all gotta be more articulate than that. You know, that word is you know what that word has done to our people, you know. You get that kind of energy from folks sometimes, man. But but now they could participate in in, in these conversations. Right. They could participate in these conversations and they could be like, man, they say you're pleasing like they they can feel good about it. Now, I do wonder, though. Right. If if like yeah, it, it's a tight, tight rope, tight rope, because like, say, for instance, you in a, like a racially mixed group and your, your white friends in this racially mixed group and they feel like, well, you know, they say naysayer, but we know what they really want to say, but they can't say it. So they say naysayer. Do we still whoop their ass? <laughs> Do we still whoop their ass if they say, well, naysayer, please. Like, hey, 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 hold on, hold on, white boy, hold on. We know what that is. <laughs> we know what that is. You know what I'm saying? Do we still whoop their ass they try to, you know, be familiar in that way? I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I'll put that up as the poll. That's going to be the poll tonight, man. Let a naysayer know. You know, I, I got a pit. you know, I took that picture of Reese Davis. Like, yo, if I send you this, that means you've been doubting me. and you, I'm about to let you know why. You was wrong for doing that, you know? So, yeah, we got that going on. Now, uh, yo, so not only that, though, not only that, I could pull that down. But uh, so the next thing we're going to talk about here has to deal with one Cat Williams, man, right? Cat Williams broke the motherfucker in. And I mean, Cat Williams, man, just... <laughs> niggas had the internet going man still got the internet going to this day nigga i think that episode of club shay shay aired about four days ago here i am about to talk about it there's thousands of videos of people like nitpicking everything that cat williams had said in that in, in that particular interview you got comics and and and, and rappers responding to shit 
that Cat Williams had to say in that interview. And he he it was a two and a half hour fucking interview. Cat Williams sat with Shannon Sharp and they talked about a gang of shit, right? And it's been interesting, like, to kind of watch how it's been received. Um, you know, I'm I I I I I wasn't even trying to be like the contrarian. Like I really I try I try not to be, man. I don't I don't want to be the the nigga that like, you know, yuck anybody's yum or anything like that. Man, I want folks to enjoy things. I want people to be happy, man. It's like it brings me I like when people are happy about some shit, man. For real, real talk. But uh like I, as I was watching the like the interview, I was like, am I seeing the same shit that these niggas are saying? Cause I'm like, nigga. Like, <sighs> right? And so, like, I think that, like, I, the, the first thing that happened was this, right? So, for me, I'm just going to speak on my, on my own behalf, right? First thing I saw was uh, there was the clips of Cat Williams saying that Cedric the Entertainer stole his joke, right? Now, we know that as a cardinal sin in the comedy game. You know, I'm a fan of comedy. I watch a lot of comics. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily say that I am a, a, a comedy connoisseur or comedy expert. If I find some shit funny, I'll go, I, I find this shit funny. I will go to a comedy show. I will go out and I will support, you know, up and coming comics and stuff like that and go watch them and perform and stuff. I am a fan of the, I'm a fan of the genre, right? I'm a fan of the genre. I'm a fan of most of the people that Cat Williams mentioned. I am a fan of Cat Williams. Right. So I say all that to say that, like, I'm listening to him talk about Cedric, the entertainer, stealing his joke. Right. And then lo and behold, you know, YouTube and Twitter, you know, and to some degree threads, you know, not not as it, threads isn't exactly at the level of, of black Twitter just yet. Right. As much as I am just like I'm, I've been using threads pretty much exclusively the last few months. Uh, it's still not uh like the full-blown in replacement for black twitter it's just not neither is spill or any of the other places black twitter is still black twitter despite elon musk right and so um you know people you know found the clip of uh cat williams who was at, at the time going by cat in the hat on comic view where he was performing the joke about you know having sounds in the car but the car is sort of like it's a hoopty you know what I'm saying? It's a hoopty. And like he, he, you know, he does the joke and he gets out of the car, checks the engine on the car and shit like that. Car still get like the car got sounds though, right? Car hoopty, but it got sounds. And then like he has to eventually at some point get out, push the damn car. That was a joke, right? Now, Cat Williams had uh, accused Steve. I mean, I'm st not Steve Harvey, but he did talk about Steve Harvey too. But he accused uh, uh, Cedric the Entertainer of stealing that joke and uh performing it as his closing joke on the kings of comedy right and so i watched both of the clips i watched both of them and i'm like eh, i get it but i don't think they're the same joke right i don't think they're the same joke that was me right and so i had like some conversations with some folk and they were like yo spam man you tripping it's the same premise it's the same joke you know one of yeah, he says about a spaceship, but it's the same thing. And I'm like, all right, so here's the deal. To me, to me, I'm speaking for myself in this moment. I thought that the the, the here's my thinking on it. They're both from they're both black, they're both from urban communities. And we all know all across America, there, there, are, there are certain things that are commonalities 
in every hood across America. You always going to have the hood nigga that got the, like, he got a hoopty, but he got sounds, or he got a hoopty and he got rims. Like, this is something that I think everybody across America can kind of, like, well, in our community, I think that we can all can kind of relate to that, right? So I thought that, yeah, the 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 inspiration probably came from the same place in that, like, yo, man, we all know somebody with a car like that. We all know somebody who drives like that, right? That's what I got from it. Not to say that, like, it's impossible that Cedric the Entertainer stole a joke or whatever. I'm just saying that, like, yo, I could see how these jokes are similar, but I could I also can see how these jokes are not similar, right? And people was like, nah, he stole that. Cat ain't lied about nothing. It's like, all right, I guess. You know, I'm not, I'm not about to fight you niggas over this. I mean, it's not that deep. It's not that deep to me. I'm saying I see something different. I'm seeing like the variations between the two. I can get, I get the similarities between them, but also I can see how these two things are also a little bit different, right? And that was that was that was interesting to me to like kind of watch how people were laying down the gauntlets on <laughs> on the on, on the things that Cat Williams was saying, right? And so interestingly enough. There was a there was a like uh, another comedian, Chicago based comedian, Corey Holcomb, who I think is hilarious. I don't necessarily like if he, his comedy is hilarious. If he's talking about anything else outside of his comedy, though, I cannot listen to this nigga, man. Like this nigga is like straight up. He on some bullshit 99% of the time. Well, if you listen to anything outside of his car, his comedy, fucking hilarious. Nigga makes me laugh despite myself because he be saying some fucked up shit. Right. But he makes me laugh. Right. But um. Like he comes out and he says, "Well, shit, Cat Williams is accusing people of stealing jokes when Cat Williams uh, stole a joke by JB Smooth, right? And he's talking about, I believe there was a there was a, a comedy special that Cat Williams had filmed in Chicago at the Airy Crown Theater. I'm forgetting the exact name of the special. It wasn't his pimping, pimping, and it wasn't uh you know Pimp Chronicles or anything like that." I'm forgetting the name of the special. However, there was a joke that Cat Williams did where he talked about, you know, getting hype off a particular song, how this song makes you hype no matter what it is you're doing. Uh, I think it was a hustling song by Rick Ross, right? And, like, there was another clip someone shared of J.B. Smooth. I don't even know. I don't even remember the name of the song. It was mostly the beat. But J.B. Smooth essentially doing something similar years prior, right? And so, basically... Uh, 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 Corey Holcomb was talking about how yo Cat Williams stole that joke from JB Smooth, and you go to the comments and people are like, yo, well you know Cat just did it better, you know what I'm saying? Cat, you know he he remixed it, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't the exact same joke, and it's like, oh, so this is what it is. It's like, yo, y'all like Cat, I like Cat, but Cat is accusing someone of doing something to him, and he's out here doing something the, the exact same thing he's accusing someone else of doing. And y'all are giving him a pass on this thing. Meanwhile, y'all are ready to rake somebody else over the coals over the fact that Cat Williams said this nigga stole my joke, right? I get it. Cat Williams is the people's champ, right? But it, it just, it's like for me, as I'm watching this shit unfold, I'm like, this is really an exam. This is really, really uh, uh, like a, 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 an examination of like, yo, when we like somebody, <laughs> when we like somebody man like we really are ready to like kind of like whatever it is they say like yeah we're ready to believe that shit but the moment we don't like a motherfucker even if what they saying is true we ain't really ready to receive it we just not man we just not and there was a few different times where cat williams said something that was kind of ridiculous 
but people just kind of let it slide, right? <laughs> just kind of let it slide. So here's one. Here's here's an example. Here's an example. I'll pull this up so you guys can watch uh, right along with me. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. Okay. So uh, let me do this here. Let me share. Add this to the scene, and I'm going to. Uh, oh, I can't exactly maximize this, huh? All right. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to. Uh, we're gonna swap this. We're gonna swap this. We're gonna maximize this. All right. So check this out. This is uh, him talking about him reading three thousand books a year. Check this out, y'all. Fiction books at all? I'm only reading nonfiction. I'm saying so. I'm not just reading. I'm reading in multiple languages. Like I'm. How probably, do you? I'm probably that? reading three thousand books a year, from the time that I'm eight years old to the time that I'm twelve. No, no. And he wasn't reading kitty books. I saw you niggas talking about he was reading kitty. You know, it's easy. He could, you know, kitty books only like four pages long. You know what I'm saying? He was probably reading the cat in the hat, Dr. Seuss books. That shit. That nigga said he was reading nonfiction books, 3,000 of them a year from the time he was eight to the time he was 12. That's 12,000 motherfucking books. I'm, I, listen, I know a lot of well read niggas. I know a lot of well read niggas. It ain't a whole lot of well read niggas that I'm wearing 12,000 books, bro. Not by the time they was 12. They were not doing it. This nigga wasn't doing it, right? This was one of those situations where I was listening to him say this shit, and I'm just like, this nigga was clearly lying. Clearly, man. Clearly lying. But he was able to kind of kind of tell some of these ridiculous tales in a way where, like, you forgot that he just said something fucking ridiculous because you're still stuck on the fact that he said, yo, Cedric the Entertainer stole my joke. I made Steve Harvey run away from comedy, right? I made Steve Harvey run away from comedy. And again, I'm not saying this because I don't like Cat Williams. Again, I like Cat Williams as a comedian. I think the I think the guy is fucking brilliant, man, as a comedian. But it's just interesting, like, watching how people were talking about this and receiving this, right? And so um, the other part that I thought was interesting, right? So... I'll go back to the, the whole thing with uh, the Steve Harvey and him running Steve Harvey out of comedy. So there was the comedy show that happened right here in Detroit. It was supposedly the championship of comedy, right? And initially that show was supposed to be uh, Steve Harvey's retirement show. Steve Harvey was already talking about retiring from stand-up comedy, right? And at the time that show wasn't selling out. Steve Harvey wasn't selling that show out. And so they brought Cat Williams on as a part, as a way to kind of boost ticket sales because, you know, at that time, like Cat Williams was hot. Cat Williams had just come out with Pimp Chronicles. Cat Williams had just had his pimping, pimping. Cat Williams had like, I'm forgetting like the, the it was like a, it was like a two or three comedy specials uh, like split like from like 2000, um, like two, I want to say like from 2007 to about 2010, Cat Williams had about three or four different comedy specials that he had come out with. So Cat Williams was hot, right? I remember my aunt came here with her dude and like they, they drove here from Chicago so that they can go to that show, right? I was supposed to go to that show. Thought my aunt was going to buy them tickets. A little miscommunication, didn't happen. But we went to the Waffle House afterwards, right? No, not the Waffle House, uh, IHOP afterwards. That's a whole other story. They they uh they used to give me shit about the fact that, that IHOP used to like pat you down and shit. Like if you if you came to the uh the International House of Pancakes on Jefferson in Detroit back then, yeah, you got you got the pat down. 
<laughs> it was like that, right? But I remember like how that show was being promoted and stuff like that, and they would call it the championship or like uh, the the battle between uh, Cat Williams and Steve Harvey. And at the time, again, Steve Harvey was saying like already, Steve Harvey was already saying he's about to retire from comedy, right? He went on the uh, Frankie Darcel show. I believe that was on 92.3, mix 92.3 here in Detroit. He went on the show and basically was like, yo, I'm not, I don't necessarily agree with how they're promoting the show because this ain't no beef between me and Cat, but that's, that's just kind of how they're promoting the show. And so I didn't go to the show. And they didn't, they, they, there was, there's never been video about this show. I mean, like you've seen somebody's like cell phone video and, you know, cell phone video back in 2008, 2009, no matter if you had an Android or an iPhone, it was trash. And, and like the video that they keep showing is still trash now. But essentially, Cat Williams, his whole set was, or at least as like, as, as a lot of people who have been to that show have like related, related to me, Cat Williams supposed like, like destroyed Steve Harvey at this set, right? Destroyed him. And again, Steve Harvey said this wasn't what it was for him. Cat Williams went on ahead and like he was really leaning into the whole thing about it being a beef between him and uh, and Steve Harvey, partly because Cat Williams took offense to the idea that Steve Harvey would even associate himself or call himself a king of comedy, right? So they were like the promotional stuff that they were doing and whatever. And, and Cat Williams was like, yeah, after, you know, this, you will no longer consider yourself a king of comedy. That whole shit, right? So a lot of the things that Cat Williams got on there talking about were um, were a bit uh, personal. Those were personal gripes that Cat Williams had with folks. And it's not to say that everything that Cat Williams was saying was a lie. But there were some things where Cat Williams was, this nigga was clearly lying. <laughs> right? There were some things where he was just clearly lying. Like this nigga told y'all that he ran a 4-1 fucking 40, man. He ran a 4-1-40. He actually said at one point he ran a 3.9. And like, now nigga, like, come on, bro. There are niggas in the NFL right now. The fastest dude in the NFL right now, I believe, is Tyreek Hill. I don't even think Tyreek Hill runs a motherfucking 4140. Right? There's a video circulating right now of Cat Williams supposedly running on a basketball court with his shirt off and shit. I didn't even know who it was supposed to be at first. And then like they show him running and then like they cut, they they do the jump cut of somebody with a cell phone with 4.4 on their phone. Right? And, like, we're supposed to believe that at 52, Cat Williams is running a 4-4 fucking 40. And, like... <laughs> this nigga was clearly lying. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, 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 I say all this to say, right? I say all this to say that one of the things that I found very interesting about Cat Williams and his appearance on uh, Club Shay Shay was this. I think it was masterful in the way that Cat Williams went on that show and he essentially was calling out Shannon Sharp for allowing people to come on his platform and tell allegedly, allegedly tell lies, right? While at the same time, clearly lying about some shit on the show. He's calling Shannon Sharp out to his face and Shannon Sharp is just giggly about the entire thing because Shannon Sharp knows that while he's doing this show, that this show is about to go viral because of all the little people that, you know, that Cat Williams is talking about, 
He knows like the, and he said it like, yo, this is about to break the internet to hold. And it did. I think it's already like 30 million fucking views on YouTube at this moment for the entire episode, right? So Shannon Sharp was being called out slyly, not even picking up that he's being called out. At one point, Cat Williams said you have an un, like an unusual allegiance to losers or some shit like that. Fucking brilliant, right? He's calling this dude out for allegedly allowing people to come on his show and lie, while at the same time telling lies on on, on Shannon Sharp's show. And then Shannon Sharp being a little bit kind of more concerned with the fact that this is about to go viral as opposed to not necessarily catching on that Shannon Sharp's integrity is being called out right to his fucking face, right? Right to his fucking face. He's being called out and he's not even, he appears to not even be aware that he's being called out, right? Brilliant move by Cat Williams, by the way. And the other thing is this, another thing is this. So like, as you watch like reactions to uh, this, this particular uh as I was watching, like, you know, reactions to the, the the interview and everything else, and, like, or better yet, not even so much reactions to people, like, the people who were coming out and responding, right? So, Cedric the Internet, the Entertainer came out with a response. Uh, Ludacris came out with a, a, with a rap response. Uh, uh, Ricky Smiley came out with a response. And, like, it was interesting to listen to people say, well, shit, they responding to Cat Williams, but they ain't saying that Cat Williams lying. And to me, I'm looking at these responses like, nigga. Because again, it's clear that this nigga was clearly lying. But also, every last one of those responses was saying that that nigga was clearly lying. <laughs> right? They were responding to this dude saying like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his perspective on this shit. But here's what I, here's how I see what happened. And yeah, that ain't what it was, right? That's not what it was. So they're telling this dude that, like, yo, they, they, they're explaining this, like, yo, this nigga is lying, right? But people, because, again, because of who we like, because of who we like, we, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be more receptive to the message coming from the people that we like. I'll give you a perfect example of this. Uh, Monique. Monique came out. And she talked about how, you know, when she was when when it came to promoting the movie Precious, how the industry wanted her to come out and promote this movie uh, for free. And uh, she said she couldn't do it. And, uh, you know, she was blackballed by the industry for doing that. Right. But the other part about it is this, um, you know, when she came out with her Netflix boycott, you know, and she talked about how uh, because of her pedigree not only as a comic but also as an actress and like something like the the awards that she has and like how she was negotiating with netflix and netflix tried to lowball her as a comic um i remember when people were talking about how much uh you know monique was tripping monique should negotiate you know like monique was out of pocket they're like people at the time they weren't ready to hear that message coming from monique because they didn't like monique right Taraji P. Henson comes out with some of the same gripes about compensation for women, black women in particular, in Hollywood, and suddenly everybody fucking gets it. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's fucked up. And fuck, it's fucked up that Oprah would do this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, Monique was out here saying this years ago, and y'all were really, I was like, hey, whatever, girl, go ahead somewhere with that shit. 
right? Because it's about who you like. It's about who y'all like, man. It's no, it's no deeper than that. It really is. It, it really is. Whether you like, like you're ready to receive it when you like somebody. When you don't like somebody, and you like, ah, eh, whatever, right? So I, I, I just, it was, it was kind of. You no, know, as I was watching this happen, I was look, and I told people on my Facebook, I said, "Man, when I get on the mic, y'all, not, y'all gonna probably be upset with me because I was like, it was hard for me to like kind of watch people and just be like, really, like you too, like you on that shit too, like come on, man, come on, man, because again, this <laughs> this nigga was clearly lying for real, bro, for real. So, um, yeah, man, uh, Cat Williams set the internet on fire though." He really did. He really did. And um, another thing, another thing that I think is kind of brilliant about this is that, like, uh, you know, now Cat Williams has his name out and other people are, you know, uh, their names are out. Like, what does this translate into? You know, right? Because people, again, we live in in an attention, you know, attention is currency now. You know, and so long as people are paying you attention for the moment, you better strike while the iron is hot. So that you can get some shit moving. And so it's going to be interesting to see how people move going forward to see if they, you know, going to kind of piggyback off of this attention to cat, not only brought to them, but also if cat is able to catapult this into something more for himself. Right. Because I also remember how some of y'all were saying, you know, these last few cat Williams specials weren't that funny. Right. We love cat. But I pay attention, niggas. Like I like some of y'all out, some of y'all out here clearly lying too. Right? <laughs> some of y'all out here clearly lying. But uh we got a couple uh comments here in the chat here. Let me pull this up. And uh let's see. Uh GS28 says, C SPAN, that's why I mess with you. Your balance is hey, I'm not even trying to be like, I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it as real as I possibly can, man, because this is how I was experiencing this shit. And I'm just like, eh, come on, y'all. Come on, man. I get it. We having fun. But at the same time, I'm watching y'all niggas get like, eh, you know, but I, I appreciate you, brother. <laughs> I appreciate you with the, with the comment, man. But yo, man, so that's in, that's in Blue Blazers. Now, another story that we have here in Blue Blazers has to deal with the fact that there was a young man in Las Vegas, man. And in Las Vegas, this motherfucker did something that um, I think he did in the wrong form. And the reason why I think he did this shit in the wrong form, because clearly this dude belongs on a goddamn Olympic team. Okay? He should have been an Olympian. He should have been an Olympian for the long jump, for the high jump. If they have a combination jump where it's the long and the high jump, he should have been in that shit. And the reason why I say that is because this dude attacked the damn judge at his sentencing <laughs> in Las Vegas, man. Let's see if we have video. Oh, we do have video. Excuse me. So let me go ahead and pull this video up so you guys can watch right along with your man span. Let me do this here. Boom, boom, and boom. All right. And let's see what they're doing. Let's see what's, what's happening here in, in Las Vegas. Clark County District Court Judge Mary Kay Holhus attacked in the courtroom during the sentencing of a three-time felon, 30-year-old Deobra Redden. Some shocking video there. We want to get right to our... Three-time felon and 30 years old. Jesus Christ, my man been out here criming. 
Like crime and crime. Giovanni Carrillo live from Clark County District Court with the video and what we know. Giovanni. Right, well, Deobra Redden was in front of a judge, Mary Holtis, for a sentencing hearing on a charge of attempted battery with substantial bodily harm. So, interestingly enough, <laughs> this nigga is already going to jail for battery, bro. He already going <laughs> in bodily harm. <laughs> he already going to jail for this shit. He said, well, fuck it then. I might as well go ahead and get some more time for battery and assault on the goddamn judge. Goddamn, dog. This attack was all caught on camera. Oh, man. Because I just can't with that history. In accordance with the laws of state of this court. Also, shout out to the judge. She realized it too late, but she really was awesome. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. Oh, man. Just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right, then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'm gonna get the fuck up out of here. This shit, I'm out. She didn't move fast enough. <laughs> she realized it too late. <laughs> oh, shit, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> there we go. Learn out all the curse words. You can see and hear the exact moments Judge Holthus denied Yo, Redden, someone, oh, Redden and bail and he began to sentence him to jail. But before the judge could finish, Redden rushes towards her, jumps over her bench, and attacks her. You can see the judge fall to the ground and district court marshals jump in to try to stop Redden. The marshals are seen struggling to contain him for a few seconds before the video ends. Now, in a statement to Channel 13, the Las Vegas District Court says that Judge Holthus experienced some injuries and is being monitored at the moment. The District Court says the court-martial was transported to the hospital after sustaining some injuries. He's in stable condition. Now, I wonder if that was a court-martial that was, like, really, like, uh, throwing blows. Because, like, we seen the boy, he was doing this shit here, but apparently it wasn't really having a whole lot of effect. Like, he might want to, you know, you know, hit the gym or something because apparently, like, those gut shots wasn't really hurting your boy. He was still, he had the fucking judge in a headlock. Had the judge in the headlock while my man was wailing on him, and he would not let go. He would not let go. The statement then goes on to say, quote, We commend the heroic acts of her staff, law enforcement, and all others who subdued the defendant. The court remains committed to a safe and secure courthouse and courtrooms. We are reviewing all our protocols and will do whatever is necessary to protect the judiciary, the public, and our employees. Now, Judge Holthis has a full has a full court had a full courtroom docket on Wednesday, but after a, the incident, marshals cleared the courtroom for the rest of the day. All right, so yeah, that happened, man. That nigga, like, I, and I saw this right when I first saw this. I said, well, first of all, nigga, it's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's super nigga, cause super nigga jumped clear across. Y'all know how tall them goddamn benches are, man. They not short, man. Like you got, like I think that's like at least a like five foot five or some shit like that, at least five foot five inches tall, or like five feet, five inches tall off the ground. He cleared that shit. Looked like he might've been two feet 
off the like away from it before he cleared that bitch. That nigga flew across there, grabbed her by the neck, and was like, like he had her in the headlock and shit. Meanwhile, I think everybody around there was shocked. Like, yo, what the fuck am I watching right now? This nigga was whooping her ass, and and like the like the dudes like. Certain, like the, the bodyguards, the bailiffs or whatever. Hey, man, somebody going to be on administrative leave on desk duty or something because how the hell do you allow this motherfucker to get from around that desk, jump clear across the goddamn bench, headlock the judge, and then keep her in the headlock, and y'all like throwing punches, but the punches ain't doing a goddamn thing. Like, man, somebody got to go on administrative leave or desk duty, something. That can't be happening, man, not in the courtroom. That's almost like like uh what was that uh dead presidents when um <laughs> when he got that, that that life sentence and shit and he threw the damn chair at the judge <laughs> yeah man but uh but that happened but that has been blue blazers y'all what in blue blazers is going on out here did this nigga just say blue blazers all right now it's been a long time uh since we did this and um. So long, in fact, that I don't even know if I have the uh, the bumper anymore. What did I do with it? Did I get rid of proud to be an American? I, shit. I think I accidentally deleted proud to be an American. I'll be goddamn. This is this is a uh, this is a very sad time here. Spanport podcast, Miss Spanport, <laughs> Miss Span official podcast, but. Y'all know what time it is. It's uh, proud to be an American time. Well, I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. And I'm, you know, and all that other bullshit that don't, don't people be saying when they, you know, be doing shit that's fucked up for everybody else. But, uh, yo, real proud to be an American time here at the Spanport podcast. Not the Spanport. Mr. Span official. It's a hard habit to break. 13 years, man. 13 years. Hard habit to break. But, um, yo, so our first story here. And uh, and proud to be an American has to deal with the fact that uh, so you know Republicans go on and on about voter fraud and how they want to make sure that our elections are secure and that our elections are fair and correct and all this other shit. And so what's interesting, and we get this from the Washington Post, is that most of Republican voter fraud crackdowns are overwhelmingly targeting minorities. And Democrats, man, because of course. So we get this story here. Like I said, this comes out of the Washington Post. And it says, as Donald Trump falsely claimed the 2020 presidential election was stolen from him, Republicans in some states launched special units to prosecute voter fraud as part of a high profile and controversial push to stamp out cheating. Some claim was rampant. But the election integrity units established or expanded in six states after Trump's loss obtained only 47 convictions during a period in which tens of millions of votes were cast. And the units overwhelmingly targeted minorities and Democrats for prosecution. According to a first of its kind analysis by The Washington Post of nearly every prosecution, the analysis found that 76 percent of defendants whose race or ethnicity could be identified were black or Hispanic, while white people constituted 24 percent of those prosecuted by the unit. Registered Democrats made up 58% of those charged whose party could be identified, while registered Demo- uh, Reg- Republicans were 23%. 
In the rest of the cases, the defendant was not registered with a particular party. The post was able to determine a defendant's race, ethnicity, or political party in roughly 70% of the cases. The analysis also shows that election integrity units have not uncovered the type of wide-ranging schemes claimed by Trump and some Republican allies that might tilt an election. Instead, the vast majority of the convictions represent small board cheating or as some defendants argue mistakes by individual voters such as casting two ballots falsifying a registration or voting even if barred by a conviction the cases that the units pursued often collapsed so again as we talk about uh you know some of the efforts to get um minorities to not vote uh and we, we as we talked about what was going on in florida earlier in the show where they were uh arresting people for uh, quote unquote voter fraud when these people have been told, you know, former convicts have been told that they were allowed to vote by the state. Not only that, by the the referendum that had been passed in the state by the voters already. You know, like they are constantly trying to take your voice away from you at the ballot box. And so I don't want to hear from anybody going forward about their apathy, about how their vote doesn't count. If your vote did not count, they would not be trying to take your vote away from you. Bottom line, it matters that you go to the polls. It matters that you vote on the things that are important to you. I'm not going to tell you how to vote, but if you are, you know, if you look like me, if you look like me, trust and believe there is a group of people who have openly and who have openly and vocally shown whether or not they are in your corner and in the corner of your community and a group that shows and, and, and vocally shows that they are not. So we're just going to leave it at that. We're going to leave it at that. But, you know, we're going on the third anniversary. Just yesterday was the third anniversary of January 6th. And, um, you know, these people have shown that, like, yo, they are willing to believe the conspiracy as opposed to the reality of what happened. Donald Trump had been planting seeds for this for, at, 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 at that particular point, he had been planting those seeds for months. That the election would be legitimate if he won that bitch. But if he lost that bitch, he wasn't going to, consider it legitimate Been placing that seed in their heads for months they knew and a lot of republican legislatures knew that because of the uh the, because of the pandemic that more people were going to opt for mail-in ballots and, and 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 mail their ballots in to vote in the election because they wanted to be not only safe for covid but also they wanted to continue and be a part of the process and they knew that those votes were not going to be counted immediately. A lot of state legislatures opted not to count those votes as they came in so that you do get that, that, that uh, what was it, the impression that these votes were, uh, it was a late push, right? That they were doing something untowards. That like, it, because they knew this. They, they had primed their voters to go to the polls despite the fact of the health, you know, uh, the, the, the health risk that they would be taking going forward to be in, in, in voting in person. And they knew that Democratic voters would be uh, more keen on voting um, remotely, so to speak, by pushing their ballots in through the mail. They knew this going forward. So the fact that there were so many people who fell for the idea that because of the mail-in ballots that the election was stolen from Donald Trump. Donald Trump knew long beforehand that he was going to lose that race, which is why he went to Ukraine to try to get the Ukrainians to dig up dirt on Joe Biden, right? But those of us who have been paying attention, you see this, you see this play all day long, which is why, yo, man, 
when they're trying to take your vote away from you, understand there's a reason why they're trying to do it. And it's because they're trying to seize power for themselves. And you need to take your power in your own damn hands. Real talk. But uh, that's I'm proud to be an American. Now, another story that we have here and proud to be an American has to deal with the fact that uh, Christopher Rufo, um, who is a political operative, I won't even call him a politician, but he's a political operative, actually uh, was successful in the, his ability to get the president of uh, Harvard University, a sister by the name of Claudine Gay, <clears throat> the first black president of Harvard University. She held that position for six months. Uh, Republicans uh, were able to get her to resign after six months in that position. And we get the story here. This comes out of gold.com, which I believe is associated with ABC News. It says Claudine Gay has resigned from her seat as Harvard University's president after a 10 year mired by controversy and skepticism with several forces at play in her in her exit from the prestigious position at the Ivy League school. Gay, who will continue to work as a professor at the university, faced a heated congressional hearing about anti-Semitism in higher education, allegations of plagiarism, as well as a conservative campaign designed to eliminate what it calls the bureaucracy of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Gay entered her role at a tumultuous time. Harvard was under a spotlight for its affirmative action policy that allowed race to be used as one factor in its admissions process aimed at addressing racial inequities in access to higher education, which also let's go back to that. So there was a, essentially a Supreme court ruling that came down that said that higher institutions of higher learning could not use race as a determining factor in whether or not a student got accepted into that university and they used uh, Asian students as a they use Asian students as the plaintiffs in this because Asian students, unfortunately for them, were duped into believing that they were being uh, uh, shut out of these positions at these schools because of black people. They thought that the black kids were taking their rightfully earned spot at these institutions. And what they found out and what they've been finding out is that it wasn't the black kids. It was the legacy kids. It was the white kids who were who were taking these positions. So they're still not getting the positions that they thought they should rightfully earn. Meanwhile, they've taken a, a, a tool that they could have also used because let's be, let's be clear, affirmative action, although black people were supposedly going to be the prime beneficiaries of that, white women have been the primary beneficiaries of affirmative action, right? This is why you have so many black people who are like, yo, man, um, you know, I don't, I, I reject the whole thing, you know, about minorities, man. Now nah, we need something for black people and black people specifically. Like I understand why they believe that particular thing. I get it. I, I don't necessarily agree with it a whole, all the way, but I understand it. I get it. Why they believe that. Right. So, um, conservatives have been, have already chipped away at affirmative action and now, uh, they've been they've they've chipped away at not only the affirmative action bit, but they've weaponized. Christopher Rufo has been vocal and adamant and out in front on weaponizing the terminology of CRT. The terminology of CRT has been weaponized. And you've got white folks and Republicans, conservatives across the country who believe that CRT is being taught to their kids at the third grade level. That is a college 
graduate level course about whether or not like the uh, about the study of the systemic issues of racism and how or better yet how racism is systemically and baked into the sauce of how America runs right as a legal framework they're not talking about that shit in third grade they're not talking about that shit in ninth grade they're not talking about that shit as a senior in high school right but it's not just that it's not just that they don't want you learning about the actual history of this nation how important the civil war or how important it was for slavery to be a thing in this nation to the point that there was a civil war fought for slavery to the point where a presidential candidate by the name of Nimrata Ron Howard Haley who goes by Nikki Haley now will go on to say, like, she will make all this thing about, well, it's about how the government was going to run going forward. It's like, no, how the government was going to run going forward at the expense of black people. How are we going to, like, just, like, not acknowledge that the reason why slavery was a thing, the reason why we had the Civil War is because, yo, there were some states who wanted the freedom to own black people and wanted to continue that shit into perpetuity. Right? So they, 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 they've, used these terms and weaponized these terms and Christopher Rufo has been adamant. He's been out in front talking about this and we've got this thing going on in Gaza with the Israelis and the, uh, and the Palestinians and the Israelis have been bombarding the Palestinians with, 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 with bombs in the like, like, they're annihilating these people. And the fact that people have been critical of the Israeli government has allowed disingenuous Republicans and conservatives to assert that any sort of criticism of the Israeli government is somehow anti-Semitic. Right? that we can't separate the Israeli government from anti-Semitism. That if you're critical of the Israeli government, you're an anti-Semite, which is bullshit, which is bullshit, right? So, um, unfortunately, what's been happening is this on these Ivy League schools. You've had, Israeli, you've had Jewish students who are feeling unsafe because people are, actively like people were like yo man y'all's government over there is doing some bullshit over there y'all need to denounce it meanwhile the jewish kids are like yo man as a jew i feel put upon as a jew i don't feel safe as a jew like you guys are coming at me and i i, I feel as though like this isn't like I, I i shouldn't have to deal with this right and as far as like the 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 uh the uh the fight over who's right and who's wrong this is a fight that has been going on for thousands of years. I don't know if anybody has the right answer to any of this shit. I know I don't. I know I don't. But what I do recognize is when Republicans are using this as an opportunity to attack a black woman in a position of power at one of the nation's leading institutions for higher education and to say and to, and, and to use this particular moment to say you don't belong where you are. You don't belong there. Your scholarly work 
is not up to par. You were copying the work of other people. You didn't give other people whose work that you piggybacked off of, you didn't give them the proper, uh, the, the proper credit for their work. And therefore, because you didn't give them the proper credit or therefore because you stole the work of these other scholarly people, you shouldn't be president of Harvard University. Now, imagine how rich that is coming from somebody who doesn't have the same level of scholarly fucking achievement as uh, Dr. Claudine Gay. Who doesn't have that? Christopher Rufo does not have that. And yet he goes on Twitter and he basically lays out exactly what the fuck he's doing. And the frustrating thing about it is that he can get on Twitter, lay out exactly what the fuck he's doing, and yet he's still effective. Where even when you have well-meaning people on the left who are like, yeah, um, that's kind of fucked up what's going on with her, but, you know, she really shouldn't have been, like, plagiarizing, you know? It's like, no, it's, this, this has absolutely nothing to do with plagiarism. They're telling you up front that they, they want a color. Here's how they frame it. We want a colorblind system of achievement here at these institutions of higher learning. Right? This is how they try to frame it. Meanwhile, when they say colorblind, already they're talking about, or better yet, already they're attacking the people of color who have obtained positions of, uh, of influence in these spaces and they're actively calling their achievements into question. How do you get there? Why do you deserve that space? You are a diversity hire. Your scholarly work isn't worthy to put you into this position. We need to get rid of DEI. We need to get rid of people being woke and giving into wokeism. Right. This is how they talk. And like when I hear people saying like, especially like, you know, black folks, you know, like we got to get away from this wokeism, man. You know, everybody too sensitive. You know? No, 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 man. We cannot allow for these people to dictate our terms to us. We can't allow these people with less credentials than us to dictate whether or not we fucking belong in the spaces that they don't even fucking belong into. We can't allow for that. We can't allow for that to, like, to continue to happen. So I, 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 I'm, I'm a bit upset that Claudine that gay didn't get the support that she should have gotten from not only the faculty. I know at first they were like, uh, you know, they, they had her back, but then uh, uh, at a certain point, you know, people just kind of gave up on that. And I'm upset that they allowed for that to happen. I'm upset that like, you know, these conservatives are laying out their fucking playbook in front of everybody and still being successful at it. While at the same time, calling themselves victims is bullshit. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Right? Because we know Christopher Rufo. This nigga was clearly lying. Yeah, man. But it's time for me to get on about it here, man. I've been running my mouth for a little bit. Um, 
Before I get up out of here, though, there's a couple things. First things first, I want to thank you guys for all everybody who sent me uh, messages of condolences uh, for the loss of my grandma. And like I said, she was mostly a cousin, but uh, like she raised my mom to a large degree. And I was one of the only kids I knew that had three grandmas because my my actual grandmother made sure that I called her grandma. And uh, I went I was in Chicago uh, over the holidays. well, after Christmas and uh, got a chance to be with my family. And it was like one of the things that kind of made it easier uh, to say goodbye to Grandma Rose was uh, like uh, being around her daughters and seeing how they were handling it. But also, um, you know, just kind of remembering the life that she lived. And, um, you know, we were at like the viewing and stuff, like talking about football and talking about her love of fishing and it's talking about a whole bunch. It, 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 it like being with my family at that time made it a hell of a lot easier uh, to say goodbye. And so, uh, I, again, I want to thank everybody who uh, sent let you know words of condolences uh, to me and my family. It meant a lot to you, boy. Real talk, meant a lot. But um, yeah, man. Um, going forward, man, I I I, I got great visions for the Spare Report Podcast Network, man. I can't wait to really get down to it. And to bring you guys uh, some more content, like I said, beer and chicken is coming back. It's coming back in a different way, but it's coming back. Trust me on this one. Uh, we're doing it. Uh, got my man Cliff on. on He's doing some work in the background right now. And then we got some more voices that we want to bring to you guys, man, because, uh, yeah, man, and uh, voices from around the country. It's not just going to be people from, like, the Midwest, man. I want to bring somebody from the South to you. I want to bring somebody from the West Coast to you. I want to bring somebody from the East Coast to you and we're gonna talk about these sports and whatnot in 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 a very fun way man real talk but um yeah yeah you know thank you for your continued support in that way uh also before we get up out of here i do have to remind you guys and i don't think i said this in the beginning but i do have to remind you guys i had to get in touch with this over here at the mr span official podcast and let your voice be heard you can go ahead and hit up that hotline at area code 313-288-0485 that's area code 313-288-0485 those voicemail messages and of course those messages will get played here and responded to here live on the show you can hit us up on our email our email is feedback at the that's feedback at the go ahead and leave us those emails and of course those emails will get right here live on the show and responded to in kind. Also, man, leave us our comments on uh, Spotify, man. So uh, if you're listening to us on Spotify, you can leave us comments there. You can also vote in the polls on Spotify. We really appreciate everybody who goes about the business of doing that. doesn't cost you a dime. Just a couple minutes of your time to let everybody know why you're rocking with us over here like that. Um, that goes along with those five-star reviews, right? So those five-star reviews that you can leave on Spotify and uh, and uh, iTunes, uh, we really appreciate everybody who leaves those reviews and leaves us those comments and who votes in the polls, man, real talk. And uh, also, hit up our website at www.spanreport.com. Uh, you can go there, watch replays of the show. You can vote in the polls there if we decide to put those polls up. You can donate to the show as often as you like, as much as you like. And, of course, we really do appreciate every dime over here at the Span Report Podcast Network and the Mrs. Span Official Podcast specifically, right? But, uh, yeah, man, I have been running my motherfucking mouth. I am a little tired. It's time, You know, not only that, man, not only that, your man Span got to go to work tomorrow. You know, like, we, we got to get back to the grind. So, yeah, we got that going on. And I'm going to talk to you guys again soon. But until next time, fam, peace.